Hello, welcome to Tonts. I'm Claire Tonti, and this is a podcast about feeling all of it, about our inner critic, our emotions, and the stories we tell ourselves that make us who we are. This is the last episode for this year of Tonts season one. And I wanted to thank you so much for jumping on board for this show. It has just been a delight to make and I've loved every minute of it. There absolutely will be a season two that will be coming out in 2022. And I've saved the best till last. No, there's been heaps of great guests all the way back through Tonts for this year. But my guest today is James Clement, who happens to be my husband man and also Mr. Sunday Movies. Now, Back about five years ago, we did an interview for Just Make the Thing where we talked a lot about creativity and his story. And this is an extension of that. We cover some old ground and also some new ground about what it's like to be a parent of two little kids, uh, about parenting through a pandemic and about his own inner voice and inner critic and what he does to keep himself himself in his own equilibrium and why he is the person he is. So James makes so many things and I admire him so much for so many reasons, one of which his consistency. And he always inspires me to just keep going with creative endeavors. And I think he inspires a lot of other people as well. He's also very cynical and sarcastic and his knowledge of film and TV and pop culture is crazy. He has a mind palace in there That's kind of amazing to tap into. So here he is, my favourite person, James Clement. Hello, James. Hello. Hello. Welcome to Taunts. Well, look, it's good to be the the backup guest (laughs) that you've been keeping in a special glass case. (laughs) Break in case of emergency. That's right, yeah, essentially. You're always my backup. You know that. <laughs> that's, that's true. <laughs> no, I've just been saving the best to last. Oh, wow. Is this the last one, is yeah, it? Yeah, this is the last one for just for this season. Mm. We're going to do a new season next year. But oh, very this is good. the yeah. last episode of the season. And it is a pleasure to introduce the one, the only, Mr. Sunday Movies, a.k.a. James Clement, mm-hmm. a.k.a. Husband Man. Welcome to the show. That's right. <laughs> uh, we are married, if people don't know. No, like I... Husband man specifically to you. I'm not like the world's husband. Like a <laughs> the, superhero. Or are you? Who's married to everybody. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Who's it just just half you know, in half the world's population uh is in a relationship with. <laughs> just flying around the world. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Attending various dinners. Anyway, thank you for having me. It's a great show and I really enjoy listening to it. So thank you for having me along. Thank you very much. Well, this time I'm just gonna be asking you some questions. So sit back. Relax. I'm gonna answer, I'm gonna delve deep. No, oh no. Tons, we talk a lot about mental health and inner yeah. critic and inner voice. So I wanted to start there. What is your inner voice like? Oh man, I'm, I don't. I'm not sure. I'm just. It's a lot of me just being like, "Hey, shut up!" Like that's not. That's me telling my inner voice to shut up because it's like this sucks. And I'm like, I know. Just, just shut up. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I listen back to something. I'm like, that's not very funny or good, and the and the audio sucks. And I'm like, I know. But I'm just tr- I'm doing my best, all right? <laughs> so, Get off my back. <laughs> That's like really great advice though in a way. Mm. I mean, not that everyone should be telling themselves to shut up, but that you don't let it stop you. Has there, has there been a time in your life where it has stopped you? Yeah, definitely because, um, you know, what, what we do, what I do, I guess, we do similar things. Uh, there's no real template for it and even and as an extension of that, there was nobody in my life who was doing anything even remotely like this. I don't know anybody in radio or TV or film or, or anything like that. You know what I mean? Mm. And also this didn't even exist like 20 years ago, like in, in this current Making form. Making YouTube and podcasts. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, there was 
mainstream kind of media, you know, and it's it just seemed like that's impossible to, to be a part of, you know. Uh, and so in answer to your question, I forgot what it was. <laughs> okay. So what I'm interested in, because you were teaching yeah. before you started all of this, and mm-hmm. because I know you, I already know the answer to this question anyway. Sure. Um, but listeners might not know. There was a point in your life where you really wanted to do something creative and you couldn't yeah. and you tried and then you gave up and you battled a lot. Mm. What was going on in your head during those years before you started actually making a YouTube channel or doing anything? I think just like looking for purpose and reason and like being frustrated and I think then getting my own class kind of quelled like a lot of that, you know what I mean? Because you're like, oh, I enjoy this and this is not only is it fun, it's kind of helpful, but there was still that in the back of my mind, like I want to do something that's like just for me, you know what I mean? Yeah, so mm. so for people who don't know, you did a business degree first. Yes, I did, Which yeah. is hilarious because you hated it, yeah. right? And I don't – why did you choose business? Because it was I'm, – I'm sure I've talked about this before because it was just the thing that you – well, I felt was kind of expected of me. And not that anybody I know that was like, you need to do this particular thing, but it was just that was the world that I kind of grew up in, you know? A lot of people I know in my family do like – Similar things, my friends, like probably 95% of them are in the business world and finance and banking and all that kind of stuff. So it was just like, it was just like, oh, well, I guess this is what you do. You finish school and then you do a business degree and then you get a briefcase and you (laughs) get on the trade and you go into the city and then you do that for 40 years or whatever. Do you think that was connected in with your idea of what a man should do? Yeah, maybe. I mean, because, I mean, especially like then, and I guess even earlier than that, that was the expectation that, you know, in some fields, you know, men would do that. They'd go out and and, and do that thing. And I guess somebody would stay at home and and look after the kids. But that was never my idea that like, oh, I'm just going to marry somebody who's then going to stay home and and look after kids. That wasn't like a thing that I I wanted, you know what I mean? If somebody wanted to do that, yeah, whatever, you you can absolutely do that. But I think it was more kind of like just being caught in like, a flow and a wave. Do you know what I mean? So I was just like, oh, this okay. Yep, I'm doing this. Okay, I, I I should have really figured it out because at high school I did like you know business and economics and and these kinds of things, and I hated it then. Like it was like <laughs> I'm like I don't understand this well enough, or I don't not even that I don't want to understand this. And but the things that I like gravitated towards, which was like writing and um, media, know, media and things design. like that, and I loved movies and television and all those things as a kid. Which you know, who doesn't? Uh, but you really love them though. Like yeah. people love them, but you have like a mind encyclopedia palace going on. Yeah, I think I I know I naturally kind of remember those things like effortlessly, you know? I mean, there are people who are extreme film buffs that I don't consider myself, you know, anywhere near in terms of like knowledge and, you know, film criticism and how you'd analyze a piece of media. I don't see myself like that, but to an average person, yes, I know an insane amount <laughs> about like the Rain Man of film movies. and TV. <laughs> yeah, so much so that like somebody will say something, and I'll just like they'll be like, you know, that movie, and they'll name like the wrong movie or the wrong time period it came out, or the person in it, and I'll just go, yep, because it's just easy to be going. Well, actually, that wasn't Tom Hanks. That was you know whatever, <laughs> you know. So yeah, which yeah. is something I find interesting about you and kind of endearing actually, because a lot of people would just correct people all the time. Oh, I still do. That. Don't get me wrong. Like I still do it, but uh, but yeah, like why? You know? Yeah. There's no just to be like, hey, I know slightly more about this thing. 
Who cares? <laughs> Let him think whatever. It doesn't matter. You know, it's not hurting anybody, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah totally. Do you said to me before that sometimes that's a curse in a way to just be obsessed with that one thing? Yeah, it's annoying. Why is it annoying? <laughs> because it's not, well, not so much now, but because for a time it's useless. Like it's not. <laughs> for like the first 28 years of yeah, your life. <laughs> pointless. And, you know, and Mason, who you know, and obviously I do my podcast with, he's like similar in a lot of ways. We have we have similar trajectories. Like he did finance and economics and whatever and all these things. He did an uh, economics degree or something like that. And we used to just like catch up and just be like, I guess we're just going to watch every Robocop movie or whatever. But for no reason, just to do it, just because we like doing it. And then we'd literally like walk around the neighborhood and just like have discussions about things that we liked or didn't like and like make each other laugh and and whatever, which is why I think, you know, when we started doing the podcast, a lot of people who go back and listen to it and don't because it's the audio, the audio quality is atrocious. They're like, oh, it's like the same from the start. You know, it, you didn't have to build like a chemistry. It was just kind of automatically there, you know. So it was just something you were doing already and then you've turned mics on and basically started singing down there. Down the mm. microphone and it just started. Which is how that episode started. In all honesty, at the time, I'm like, oh, God, I'm going to have to edit this out. That's not a good start. People are going to hate that. <laughs> oh, I think it's iconic. <laughs> oh, absolutely. That's it. why I left it in. I listened back and I'm like, no, nah, I'll leave that in. Yeah, actually. it's really it. awesome. Yeah. Also, he probably would have been mad at me if I did it. Yeah, <laughs> no, Actually, correct. he wouldn't. He wouldn't care, no. if I'm honest. Knowing me, so he yeah. probably wouldn't care at all. Yeah. I find that really interesting, though, going back to what you said about it being difficult. Mm. Why was it difficult though? Like why why did you think that it be something that you loved? Yeah. Were there times in your life where you felt like other people didn't understand? Yeah, totally. And it was like futile, you know, to like to think about these things and, you know, enjoy them and, and whatever because it's, it's – not which the- is also ridiculous because you should enjoy things and I've come to realise that since then. Even if I wasn't doing this, I'd hope I'd come to a point where I'm like – no, I'm going to watch every James Bond movie, even the ones I hate. I'm going to do it, you know? Yeah. There's nothing wrong with that. It's like any kind of hobby. But there was this kind of thing of like, I guess I should like like sport more or whatever, you know, and I guess I should, you know, work at a bank or, and, and all of those things because it just seemed like it consumed a lot of my time and brain space but for no purpose. And because a lot of people around you, the culture was you follow a footy team and you yeah. know all about it and then you go into finance. Which is fine. Like, and exactly, that's but, great, yeah. Yeah, if that's what you want to mm. do. But so did you feel a pressure to conform in that way? Not like noticeably, not like people telling, like no one ever said. No, not, down no I don't like, mean someone said, James, listen. Yeah. I just mean internally yes. from a cultural perspective. Like you went to an all-boys school. Yeah, yeah. Was that part of the culture Probably, there? yeah, because, I mean, if that school, and it's fine. It's a, it's a good school. You know, it was a it was a middle-class, like, private boys school which thought it was better than what it was. <laughs> it's a pretty shitty school, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. No, it's not. It was fine, whatever. But, um... Yeah, that was, and they just kind of breed middle management, you know. Not all, but if you went to that Wikipedia page, it's just like there's some sports stars, like people who played AFL, for those people who don't know Australian rules football, and then that's kind of it. Like that's what the page is. And what I'm saying is I should be on that page is what I'm saying. (laughs) (laughs) So from there you go and do a business degree. Yeah. And then you finish that after an extra year. Extra year because I failed so much. You did failed so much and hated it so much. Mm -hmm. Then you went and decided to do teaching 
Why did you decide to do teaching? Uh, because teaching is good, I think. It's, um, well, for the most part, and it was something that I was doing, like kids camps and through St. Vincent de Paul, and you take kids away for a week and you do fun activities and, like, craft and flying foxes and whatever and things like that, and I really enjoyed doing that. And I'm like, oh, this is you – can, you can do this. You can, I, could, I could be a teacher. Like, I'm not a complete idiot. I feel like I <laughs> – and I don't like teenagers, but, you know, it's fun hanging out with, like – you know, kids before they're all they're all jaded, and that could be something that you know could could be yeah. rewarding. And it, I wasn't thinking in terms of I'll do this for a bit and then I'll do something, and then else. I'll just get out of it and do whatever. That yeah. wasn't the plan because if I wasn't doing this, I would definitely still be teaching, like without a doubt. There's yeah. there's no way I wouldn't be doing it. Do you think it was also because it was closer to that creative self yeah, that totally, you had, yeah, and and that enabled you to tap into that side of yourself mm. that maybe doing finance and business, yeah. and wasn't able to. Yeah, like, I, I remember, like at business, I like I like drank my way through it for four years, and not like wasn't like an addiction or anything like that. It was just like I'm bored. And I don't want to do this. And this is fun. If I go out and drink and whatever, that's way that's way more fun. And then when I started teaching, I was kind of well past that. And a lot of that just kind of just dropped off. And not intentionally. It wasn't conscious. We're like, oh, I better start, you know, cleaning up my act or whatever. But it was also like at that point I was like 21, 22. And I'm like, I just got to get through this now. I got to, I should be, <laughs> I should be working. I shouldn't be doing another degree. You know, I got to get through this and get out. And I, you know, I did quite well and. And I also noticed that like my business notes were very, very bland and sparse, but in my teaching notes, there was a lot of like, I used to just like draw in them a lot. And, you know, and so I just, that's what I used to do in, in lectures and not like a, because I wasn't paying attention because it was just. It was opening a part of I yourself so, and yeah. your brain that maybe you'd sort of shut down. Yeah. I kind of have a theory about it too for you that the drinking and the partying and stuff enabled you to shut off some of that mind palace. Probably, yeah. And all of that interest because it does, it kind of numbs you, right? Yeah. So you don't have to think about all of this, that stuff. You can kind of shut off and just yeah. trudge your way through it a bit. And it also felt like there was, well, at that point, there was this inevitability to like, I'm going to have to work in the city in a bank at some point, you know what I mean? And yeah. I don't want to do that. So I don't want to think about that either. Yeah. And I just, it felt like this like, like a train was going to hit me, you know. Wow! So I just got to get out as much, let off as much steam yeah, as I can before inevitably I meet the girl and have a family and try oh, into the city. In I a didn't have any suit. problem. Like those parts, <laughs> great, but the other part, no. And I just think I would have definitely been miserable and a completely different yeah. person. Which is where like shows like um, Office Space and yeah. The Office, like Ricky Gervais's The Office really did kind of change your definitely, headspace yeah. about it too and his podcast as well. Yeah, definitely. And look, I have other thoughts about Ricky Gervais now, which I, which yeah, I won't I touch know. on. Yeah. It's kind of, he's kind of disappointing of late. But I know you asked me before the show, you're like, what was a formative like thing that you watched? And you're like, you know, I couldn't think of anything. I'm like, and you're like, was it like Superman or Star Wars? And I'm like, yeah, I guess. Like, those are great. But that wasn't a thing where I was like, it didn't make me think outside of things that I enjoyed. And then I saw Office Space and I was like, oh, okay. And I didn't like get it straight away, I guess. It didn't like change my life immediately. Like a lightning bolt. But it was like, oh, this is, and this is real. Like, I remember watching with my dad and he, you know, he worked in office for a time he worked for like a big telecommunications company in like a phone book division and he was great at that like don't get me wrong he loved it he grew up on a farm and he, he did this thing and he was like yeah this is like very accurate to what it is it's like you're the type of 
like spacing you use in a file is wrong or, you know, you you miss some stupid memo for some like innocuous, pointless thing and then you have to deal with the ramifications of all of that and you don't get any, you don't get enough pay and you don't get any holidays and all these things. And I'm like, oh, my God. And people are just doing this, you know, willingly or not even willingly because you have to, you know, you have to do it yeah. because, again, like no shade, you got to survive. And if, you know, you got to yourself survive and sometimes other people like as an extension mm. of you. So that was definitely a point where I'm like, wait a minute. This sucks, right? Like, I'm right. It sucks. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. And especially for your personality type. Yeah. I think too. And I felt like I was going crazy. Like, well, not literally, but in doing business, like I'm sitting there and people are like paying attention and like, and I'm like, but this is like bullshit, right? Like, like we all agree that this is bullshit. Like, and this doesn't, like, what are we doing? Does it like, make any sense? And I'm like, oh, it's just me. Okay. Fair enough. Uh, And I'm still friends with, like, some guys who I met there, you know what I mean? And they're they're very happy, like, I'm not to... Totally. Something wasn't bullshit to them is my point. Yeah, Yeah. something that always strikes me about you is I think you have a very healthy self-esteem. And I don't (laughs) mean that in a way like, yeah, he's so full of himself. I don't mean that. I mean that you've always seemed to know who you are and like who you are, even when who you are is different sometimes to the mainstream yeah. Do you know why that is? I mean, I'm pretty mainstream. I talk about the most popular movies <laughs> in the world. No, James, you're a unique flower. Thank you. I appreciate <laughs> Look, that. No, I just mean, you know, you're sitting there in business while everyone else is doing that and you're thinking this is total bullshit and what am I doing here? Mm. But, it, but it never occurred to you to go there's something actually wrong with me. It's more like this is bullshit. Oh, no, it was like it was that also. It was like why don't I like this? Why isn't this appealing? And even when I'd like try and do well in certain things, I'm like I didn't enjoy that. Like I did it and I did better than I thought I would but I still hated it. Yeah. Yeah. So it was. I guess it was a bit of both. Yeah, but I'm still curious. Like why do you think that you have quite a grounded – View on yourself. Like. I, I think I was probably like raised that way when my parents were, they never like pushed me into anything that I didn't want to do. And I never knew this and I never kind of realized it till, old, till I was older. And I know you've had conversations with my parents where they could never make me do anything. And I don't remember that. And one of our kids is like that, just between you and me. <laughs> but like you can't, you couldn't as a kid make me do anything. You'd have to kind of lead me to it kind of, you know. And I think I'm still like that. And you'll even like. <laughs> I know, I know you you do this to me like quite often where you'll like corral me into like thinking a certain way or like in preparation of a thing. Like there was one time where we had to, I had to do, I can't remember, it was some, some Zoom meeting with a brand overseas or something and they wanted to speak to like you me directly, in particular. Yeah. And I didn't know this thing was happening and you woke me up one morning and you're like, you've got a call to New York in 10 minutes about this brand. I'm like, What? You're like, I didn't tell you because I know it would have upset you. So they, you know, you just can't be upset. You got to be on in 10 minutes. I'm like, fuck, I hate you, but you're right. I would have hated, I would have hated knowing this was coming. Fine, I'll do it. God damn it. <laughs> but then you did it and it was fine. It, it was over it in like sucked. 10 minutes. It was terrible. It was, but it was over in like it was. 10 it minutes. It was completely over. Like, because the guy's like, how's it going? I'm like, great. You know, and he's like, what time is it there? And I'm like, it's morning. And he's like, it's night here. And I'm like, who knew? All right, <laughs> what are we doing? And then he's like, when you're talking about the brand, just make sure you're not, you know, you, you're, you're not disparaging of it. I'm like, okay, thanks, man. Great chat. And I'm, I got off and I'm like, God damn it. It was a waste of time. Ah! 
But one of the reasons I say I did that for you as well is because I know how much lead up and time you would spend and mental energy being annoyed at me yeah. and it was self-preservation because <laughs> yeah. I would have to hear you being like, this fucking thing, I don't listen to this fucking yeah, guy. Yeah, exactly. And it would be like weeks and weeks of you being like, I've got to go to do this 10-minute phone call yeah. and I didn't want to deal with any of that. So I just sprung it on you're you. You're right. <laughs> and you're right. And I hated it, but you're right. Don't do it again. Or do, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, I don't do that very often. But mm. I do think that's interesting. And and look, I for, from an outsider perspective, I think part of the reason is you're just born with a very strong sense of self. But I also think your parents are wonderful mm. and have raised you in a way that's allowed you to flourish in a ver- with a very grounded home life that yeah. was very safe and secure yeah. and predictable and I can see that in you and in your brothers, and I think your yeah. parents are wonderful. They they didn't like hit us with like guilt and burden and like financial woes and all of these you know kinds of things and think terrible things that have like happened to them and you know you find out later and you're like that happened like what the fuck you know but yeah. they didn't they didn't kind of and I'm trying to be this way well I hope I am this way where you don't want the kids like stressing about problems that are not theirs or beyond their control you know yeah. Um, so, like, the world might end because of climate change, but, say, yeah. hypothetically, but my kids don't need to know that right now, you know, because they can't do anything about it. Yeah. Oh, neither can we. So Exactly. Yeah. But I know I think that's something we've consciously decided, mm. right, to not talk to our kids, other than we talk about looking after the planet oh, yeah, no, and of how course. that's yeah, yeah, responsibility. Yeah. But there are certain things... I don't think they need to know no. yet. And we didn't I discussed the G20 summit, how they, they <laughs> no. threw a coin into a fountain and wished for a better tomorrow. Oh, or the, no. I'm not going to get into it. No, let's but, not get into it. <laughs> but, yeah, I do think there's something really beautiful about that and I think um, having your parents, having parented you the way they have, I mm. think that's so wonderful and what a gift to have. Yeah. Is there anything that you do when you are feeling low? Like do you ever feel a low like at a point where you're like, oh, James, you've just bloody suck. You idiot. Yeah, when I'm like, when it's late and I'm tired and I've just finished doing like an edit, which to be fair, I don't edit that much anymore. And then I'm like, I'm uploading it or whatever and I'm making a thumbnail and putting in the metadata and it's like 2am and I'm like, what am I doing? Like, what am I doing? You know, what is this? And then it's that point where I'm just like, this is your job. That's what you're doing. This is how you make money. This is why, you know, at the very least, if you don't enjoy this, this particular part of it, because you haven't slept properly or whatever, you have to do it. So just do it. Shut up. You know? Yeah. yeah. So is that is it that like cut and dried for you? It's yeah. just you just have to do I it. You just do it. do it. Yeah. So you're not tortured. Like I'm so freaking tortured about everything. Yeah. I mean, I think I would be because a lot of the stuff I do now I can I can do because I've been doing it for a while and I have a lot of help now. Um, from a bunch of amazing people from around the world, including Collins, who edits this. And so that eases, like, a, a lot of it uh, for me. But, um, but yeah, it's a job. Like, I, like you just yeah. got to So I still am curious. I know we've talked about this before and just made the thing a long time sure. ago, well, like five years ago probably. Mm. But how did, what happened in your head from the person who was teaching, who, like, wanted to do – other stuff and have creative endeavors and start a YouTube channel, mm. but just never really got it off the ground. And I, I, I was with you then as well. Yeah. And you were frustrated and annoyed and kind of grouchy, mm. but, but hadn't actually channeled, channeled that into anything yeah. yet. What was sort of the reason why you suddenly are able to now be this person that just constantly makes stuff? 
Like what was the switch? Because there were years there where you never made anything. Yeah. And like I did like bits and pieces or whatever, but yeah. But really? No, like, not, yeah, real, not consistently. Long, not consistently. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's just, it's slowly become like, and it's like, it started like one video a week and I did that for six months and then I stopped for like six months or whatever, you know? And then yeah. I picked it up again and then then we started the podcast and then I started taking clips from the podcast and editing that. So it was two videos a week. And then, you know, and then they kind of grew and whatever and then more people kind of came on, on board and then we started doing more things together and then it's brands and whatever and all those kinds of stuff. So was like a slow kind so of. It was very slow. Yeah. And it's like it's got to the point now where like if I was given all of this now, like 10 <laughs> years doing... ago, I'd be like, what? what? No, that's too much. Like I couldn't have done it. Yeah. Uh, and I wouldn't have understood, you know, any of it. So any of it. So it was like it was a very gradual growth. And I also think I benefited from that I had the exact right amount of knowledge for this kind of thing at this exact point in time. Like I knew how to edit a little bit. I had a, like a pretty solid understanding of pop culture, you know, all of those things and, and comics and, and movies. I'm a little bit funny, I guess. I can You're very be. funny. No, I think I'm okay. I think I'm maybe I'm slightly funnier than a very boring person, but compared to like a comedian, I'm not funny. Do you know, you know what I mean? Uh, so I had, I had the right amount of things at the right time just as YouTube was taking off and things were being like an ad revenue and monetization and podcasts were becoming like a bigger thing, you know? Mm. So that that played a huge part in it. Like I had, I was, not to discount like that I haven't, you know, done work to you get here. To the, you you've I know, worked but I, your yeah, metaphorical bummer. I could have done work at a different point in time and it wouldn't have happened. No, you know? exactly, yeah. I, I think you, I think people need to acknowledge and I think you see this in a lot of like billionaires and like psychopaths who <laughs> they don't acknowledge, you know, those people, those Sigma grind set fucking lunatic like Tony Robbins or the other, you know, or the millions of other those fucking idiots that run around. <laughs> I say that because I think they're disingenuous and they swindle people. Is not the fact, not the work hard thing, but you need to acknowledge that it's like a lot of it is luck. It's a lot of where you were born and where you are, you know. It could, it could go either way. And that's like, it's also upsetting to know at the same time that it could have gone the other way, you know, at any point. Yeah. You know? And, but that's, that, that's, that is part of it. It's a massive part of it. Yeah. I mean, there is that idea, right, that good fortune or success is just the convergence of hard work and timing. Yep. And I agree with that completely. And I think that's really humble of you to acknowledge that too. But that's not to say that you just wait and then something will no, happen. No, and that's you exactly need, right. Like you said, you need to be ready for something to happen. And and no. I think you've nailed it too, that it's that hard work thing. I watched you. I watched you work a full-time job and then a full-time job at home that for years. That was before years. kids, but yes. Before, yeah, I mean, and now we do that now. Like there's no people way People are like, could... James is lazy. Where is he? And you're like, he's asleep. I don't know. Yeah, he's just like, oh, he's playing video games again. Yeah. And he's just like working eight hours into the night while I go off to see friends or something. Mm. Yeah, so I guess that's really interesting, isn't it? So that's kind of your takeaway from that, that it's yeah. about the work and for you – pushing through that barrier of getting yourself started with mm. the creativity was actually just, and I, you say this to me all the time and I really value it, that it's just doing it. Yeah. And just doing it and doing it and doing it and doing it and not giving up and not stopping. Because I think it's also dangerous to get to the point, and there are some like churches that are like this, like that are extremely wealthy, where the, and we've been, we were talking about this recently, where the idea is that I deserve this. Like I have this success and I have like 
insane amounts of wealth. And again, you see see this in like CEOs and billionaires because they deserve it. That's the it's almost like a divine right, or not even that I'm a divine. If it's not religious, it's I deserve this because I'm smarter than everybody else, and yeah. that's just not true. I think for the most part, for most people, you know, yeah, or it's both. You know? Yeah, there's hard work and timing and mm. some luck involved. I mean, we've talked about this before um, and Brene Brown spoke about this on her podcast, um, Dare to Lead, mm. that there's a lot of research to suggest that, yes, you know, where you were born and the amount of money that you were born into, even your ethnicity can have a massive impact in the trajectory of your life. Yeah. But actually one of the biggest factors of, like, success particularly in terms of like happiness and contentment with your life, actually begins with having a happy home life and, and, whatever and a loving like, family, right? yeah. whatever that looks like, mm. but like a loving, stable home life mm. sets you up and it doesn't have to be a wealthy family. It doesn't have to be in a fancy house or in anywhere in particular, but if you've got that and you've got a connected family an extended family even with like connected community, that's like a springboard Mm. And that you, and you can see that I think some of the people I really admire who I I would see as successful, not in terms of like I don't know a Richard Branson or someone that's just got like a huge amount of wealth, but you mm. think secretly are dead inside. <laughs> you know, but the people that I really admire, like for example, someone like Michelle uh, Michelle Obama, right? Mm. You think about where she came from, and you can see the level of love and care that has gone Mm. into her childhood and then she didn't grow up with a lot but she grew up with a huge amount of culture and sort of parenting that was really thought well thought out and and like this wealth loving information and love and yeah yeah yeah, all of that stuff and and you can see that in the person that she becomes Mm. um and that she has become i'm reading her memoir you can really tell that that she came from parents who really, really loved her mm. and a community that really, really cared about her. And that gave her so much. Yeah. And, and that's, I guess, what I want to pass on to our kids and I think why we both are so lucky. Mm. Um, and that's where I think the real luck comes from, right, having yeah. people that really care about you. And, and, and being able to build that for your kids, I think, is something that I really wholeheartedly believe in. How do you think parenting has changed you? Uh, I think I'm. I think I'm nicer. I think. Like I have more patience. You know. I think um, because you you kind of you have to be, or you just yell at your kids all the time. I guess. <laughs> but I find that's not as effective and not uh, not the best strategy to get to get through to them. But I, I yeah I think it um it's made it meant that I'm managing my time better. I think I'm more compassionate towards like other parents. You know, for for whatever for their any of their kids' behaviour or wherever they're at in school or anything like that, and I think I saw a little bit of that in teaching. But now I see like teachers who have kids and also teach, and I'm like, that's impossible. How could you even? <laughs> You're a goddamn hero. How could you do that. That's not even. <laughs> yeah. What do you mean? That doesn't even make any sense. So yeah, I think it's just. I think it's. Um, yeah, I don't like. I try not to like judge. I guess other other parents because it's. It's hard, man. And you got to work, you know, yeah. and worry about like everything else that's that's going on in the world that's that's affecting you. I think I think that's part of it. That's yeah. made you kinder. I think so. Maybe. Yeah. I don't know. I think so. Not worse. I think <laughs> if that's it's made you more understanding. Yeah. 
Yeah. I think so, yeah. I think so too. Mm. I think it has, absolutely. What have been the things that have challenged you the most about being a parent? Sleep, I would say, is a huge part of it. And like having kids who, you know, have been sick is like very, as you are aware, is very emotionally taxing as well. But obviously more so on them, obviously, but you, you know what I mean? And you're, you're trying to do the best things, but you don't know because it's weird because every time your kid, whatever age your kid is, uh, especially the first one, I guess, you've you've never had a kid that age before and that's going to keep happening our entire life. It's like, we've never had a 16-year-old before, you know? Yeah. I don't know. What would you do with a 16-year-old? I don't, I don't know. <laughs> and also even, even with the, if you have other kids, they're all, every kid is different, you know, because I, as I mentioned, my parents kind of parented me like slightly differently than – my brothers, you know, mm. which is pretty impressive, quite frankly. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. So I, I think, yeah, that that's that's a, that's a huge challenge. I think, yeah, yeah, to to be able to adapt yeah. every time at every stage. Mm. What was it like for you when our little person was sick in hospital? Actually, both of them have had different health challenges, and they're both fine. They're both now. fine now. Yeah, Should, I feel like I always need to put that caveat. Yeah, and we're very lucky because there are people, and they weren't. You know, on the scale of things that happen to families and kids, we're you know on the very mile end. We just yes. sort of had a toe in the water of what it must be like. Yeah, and it was hard enough for us. So I just send so much love out there to anyone mm. who is taking kids into hospital visit after God, hospital yeah. visit and all of those things. What was it like for you? It was like very harrowing and like grim and like I don't even know what's happening and I'm and then you and you're really good at this and I actually feel better like being married to you because you're really good at like straight shooting like medical people because you've had a bit of experience with that in your life so you don't there's no bullshit with you you just like just tell me what's up and then be like and then if a person's like well I think and you I think it's this and you're like Next person, you're like you don't have any new information for me. Bring me somebody else. You know, and I admire that so much. And I like to think I've like taken on a bit of that. But you're so good at that. Just being like, you're irrelevant. Next person oh. who can help me, <laughs> and not in like, terrible. do you know what I mean? But it's like you're just wasting time. Can we just go to them? And and because of you seeing you do that, you are the reason that like a lot of these problems were fixed because you waded through you know crap and went up against people. Because you knew something was wrong, and you were right when people, when everyone was telling us and you that you know there was there was nothing wrong, and you were right it, at some you know, and I thought that was just very impressive, yeah. Because you think that they know, but they don't know, and not that people aren't good at their jobs. I'm not. That's not what I'm saying. That like the medical profession sucks or whatever. And no, there's like saying, incredible doctors and nurses, and I think they do an amazing job. But but I, they're also people. Yeah, that's right. and, and they're seeing a million. People, so yeah, like. and the hospital systems can be really overwhelmed. Mm. Everyone's kind of understaffed a lot of the time, and you do have to go in to advocate definitely for your child or for your own health. And as well. we, and the other advantage is like we had enough money to be like, we're gonna, you know, we're gonna see the, the people, you know, the best people. Yeah, to and we see also live this. in Australia where we've got an incredible Medicare system, yeah, which, which means that our hospitals yeah. visits were all free, and we yeah. could take our child in mm. at any time, at any point in the night, day, whenever, and not pay thousands of dollars. Yeah. It would be completely free. Yeah. So yeah, we are also lucky like things to just, live here. It seemed like a point where things just like kept happening. Like there was one point our son was hospitalized for a week with the flu, and then I'm like. Who gets hospitalized for the flu? What do you mean? Like, you know, you kind yeah. of hear about it, but you're like, that's not a thing. 
you know? You yeah. stay home and eat chicken soup and whatever. You watch TV. But, yeah, and, and that was, you know, terrifying and kind of sort of related to some health problems, but it was like a new thing. And it's like, when is this going to stop, you know? And the answer is never. There's always <laughs> with parenting. something going on. <laughs> That's so true. And with that, what do you do to keep your equilibrium when life gets hard? Because God knows this year particularly yeah. and last year, the last two years, We've been living through constant lockdowns, some of the strictest lockdowns in the world, yeah. which means we've been homeschooling with two kids. Um, what have you done? Well, I think like I think I was looking at parenting kind of wrong initially, and I may have passed this advice on to people in my life, which is wrong, where like it's like harrowing and changes your life and you should really think about it and all these kinds of things. And like, and that's not to say I ever regretted having kids, but that was not the case. But I just kind of let people know that like, it's serious and it's stressful and it's exhausting and thankless and you want to die every day, I said <laughs> to my friend. <laughs> oh, my God. But what I've also found is that it's great. Like it's very fun and rewarding and especially as they get older and especially when they're doing well. Like it's so awesome to see them do well and, like, interact with you. Like, today with our daughter, who's, like, one and a half, she was, like, going through all the cupboards and she was walking around with a tin of cocoa, just, like, just walking around the house with this. And I'm like, oh, can you just put that in the cupboard and back in the cupboard? And she put it back and I'm like, oh, and can you just close that? And she closed it and I'm like, oh, my God. I didn't know she could do that. She's a genius. <laughs> you know, because they can understand more than you think. They just can't, you know, really talk. And it's in really it's rewarding and it doesn't that doesn't sound like much but when you've invested so much time and effort into this person and you want them to succeed it's incredible and i think i haven't conveyed that enough to people i know in my personal life and they probably don't believe me now because what i would also say is like people will tell you it'll change your life and it's the best thing that'll ever happen to you and blah 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 but just i'm telling you it's not necessarily that all the time and people are tricking you because they want you to be miserable <laughs> And they're like, good advice. And I'm like, I think that's good advice. But I don't think that is necessarily good advice. But now those people don't believe me because I'm like, they're like, that's what you you said. People say this. And I'm like, I know, but I, I'm, not, I'm telling the truth this time. And I think also part of it is that we had never done it before. Mm. And I think that because of the our son's particular health complications, it was very challenging and we loved yeah. him to pieces, which is one of the yeah, hardest parts about that. change any of that at all. No, yeah. no. And we loved being his parent and absolutely adore being his parent now. But because of that, I think it was a bit like comparing if someone had a baby with no health complications, it's a bit like comparing like a lovely stroll to a marathon. Yeah. You know, and even though, and maybe you might be strolling and you'd be strolling for miles and miles and miles and you do get tired. But Just to get to the same spot that somebody yeah. is already at. Yeah, but for us yeah. it was a marathon because of the additional complications. Oh, yeah, yeah, totally. You know, it was so much harder. And so I think, but we didn't have anything to compare it to. No, and a lot so, of our friends also didn't have kids. No, so, so they yeah. were watching us do it and thinking, man, that looks Bloody awful. And look, parenting is really challenging regardless of what circumstances you're in. The worst thing you'll ever do. Yeah. But But it does really, um, I know exactly what you mean. As they get older, Mm. it's just, it's like my mum always said, it's like unwrapping a present. Yes. And that's that's how it feels. Like, and and it just, you just keep unwrapping. And I like 
spending time with them as well, which is good, I think, right? Yeah, it's great. You know, you, you pick them up for school and they run up. And, and I know that that also doesn't last forever and it's going to be heartbreaking as they slowly pull away from you. But I love all that. I think it's really cool and like hearing about their day and or you'll tell me things that you did with our daughter because obviously she can't talk, but she can close cupboards. Uh, <laughs> that's fun. I'd be like, you know, she did this thing or whatever. And I'm mm. like, that's really cool. Um like for other kids, it's like who cares? You know, but for I know, kids, and that's the that's not even true though. I think if somebody you know tells me a thing, I'm like that's great, that's legit great. That like I'm genuinely happy for you. You know, which yeah. at a time I'd be like, who gives a shit? I don't care. I think it depends on the time in your life too, doesn't mm. it? Because you, when I was younger in my twenties, sometimes I had colleagues who would have kids and just show me photos, and I'd be like, yeah, right, I want yeah. to go to the pub. I'll ask kids to see photos, like sorry, parents to see photos. Like I caught up with a guy and seen like two years who had a kid. Who knew? Uh, in between. And I'm like, show me a photo. And it wasn't like, show me a f- Okay, show me a photo. It was like, I want to see. I want to, you know. Yeah, because you suddenly get it, I think. Yeah. That, you, they're this, they're, that, per, that little person in that photo is their whole world, really. Mm. And I think that's something that changed for me drastically, that what is important has to be completely pre- like re-prioritized or mm. whatever. Is that the word? prioritized differently. Your whole world's yeah. te- like shaken up in that way and you suddenly really understand why your parents when you went to a party would still be awake at 3 o'clock in the morning when you came home. Absolutely. And you're rolling your eyes and they're there, you Get know, and you're 16. Yeah, stop asking me, stop talking to me, mum. Yeah. And you just realise just that, you know. Because they've invested a lot of time in you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah all those out. nights. Exactly. So that's what I was going to ask you your best parenting hacks, but I think one of the things you just said about the fact that kids when they're small understand so much more than you mm. think they do. I think that's yeah, really valuable. Yeah, you can valuable. talk to them. And- yeah, and I think that actually can really alleviate some of and yeah. not doesn't stop all tantrums by any means, but it can alleviate some of them because I think just because they can't talk back to you, you can be blown away by how much a one-year-old can understand yeah, you. If they're frustrated, you can explain yeah. what's going on. Not always, but, you know. Not always, but often. Yeah. And it can actually change things because if you were not able to speak back to someone but you can understand what's going on around you and someone just picks you up and plonks you somewhere yeah. and you have no idea it's why. confusing and annoying. Yeah, yeah, especially with someone like you. Yes. Exactly. I hated being a kid. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. I know you did. <laughs> oh, God. Um, so I wanted to ask you too, have you changed your sort of image of what a man should be from when you were a kid? Probably, yeah. I mean, I don't I don't think I've ever been kind of like, I'm going to be the cool, tough, whatever guy, you know what I mean? Footy dude. And maybe something. it's because I'm not like a giant guy. <laughs> so like that wasn't a bit of an option for me because I just get my head kicked in. But yeah, no, I, I, I think so. I've, I've definitely like softened more, but I've never been like a blokey bloke kind of manly man kind of guy. And I also think those guys like suck a lot of the time <laughs> because it's bravado. Like there's a difference between like I think you can be like that and it's just like a – and you can still be kind and confident and all those things, but there are some people who like do that and it's like this is just like pantomime. This is – yeah, and you, you're doing a skit or something. What is this? I think sometimes you meet some guys like that, and it's you embarrassing. Can, <laughs> no, <laughs> you can sometimes just briefly get glimpses of this really scared kid yeah. in like a 35 year old, 40 year old man, totally, who's wearing a suit and spouting off about how great he is at finance or something. Yeah, but in amongst that, you see this scared boy yeah. who isn't sure of his own self and. 
And to do that, he's like added all these props on top of him. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, it's like a performance. I totally know. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, and, and that's just not. I'm sure we all do it because we all exactly. have like a persona and whatever. Yeah. yeah, totally. Actually, that's something else I wanted to ask you about. I only recently discovered, you said it to me the other day that I'm just who I am in every situation. <laughs> and, I remember this. and it blew my mind because up until I was 35, it hadn't really occurred to me that people pretend to be different in different situations. Yeah, no, I, that's right. I did say that. Yeah, that's something I really like about you. And I think, and I didn't know you when you were a kid, but I think you were always like that because you used to. Um, <laughs> so I had told no me, friends? Well, no, but you had <laughs> some friends, I'd imagine, yeah. at some point. But um, <laughs> like you wouldn't understand like why people were like mean to each other or like they'd turn on each other or say something nice to you and then they'd say something or say something nice to someone and then say something terrible yeah. behind the back. And I. 100% do that, like, all the time. But, yeah, I think that's really admirable where you were just like, that's confusing. Why would you Why would you be like that? And I think, like, your enthusiasm for things is not, like, not fake and how you where you are here and where you are with, like, friends and where you are with people you meet and, and like, different, like, things. You, you, just, you just are you, you know? <laughs> that's cool because being yourself is cool, kids. Thanks, mate. Tell you that much. It is. It is. Stay in school, kids, and mm. be yourself. Yeah, I know. I just found that really interesting when you said that to me and kind of a little embarrassing that it had taken me 35 years to realise no, that No, I think that you, were, was... you were just doing it and that's okay. Yeah. That's good. I know. Well, because I just find I need to be able to say exactly what I need to say and mm. how I'm feeling in it every minute of the yeah. day. And I find it strange that people don't like to talk about how they feel. Even though I know, obviously, everyone is different, and also it's you do probably find that frustrating. I do. You catch up with someone, and you're like, you're clearly having some kind of emotional experience here, but they're just like, I'm fine, not great, and everything's great, and I love everything. And you're like, <laughs> I don't think this person loves everything. Actually, this person's about to break it off. That's yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I, what I find really frustrating about not that, that you want them to like, no, exactly. In front of you. But what I find it frustrating about it, and also frustrating sometimes about my personality, is that I can't just accept that face value of what they're saying to me because I can tell there's something else going yeah, on. You, you, whatever it is you want it to be real. Yeah, real, and I want well, them to not, tell me. Not that they're miserable, but like just. No, tell be, me be, what's really going on. Yeah. But then I've come to understand that people don't always just want to go. They just don't want to go there. No, they want to catch up and just like and just have shoot a nice the shit coffee about whatever. Yeah. And not talk about like their deep, dark, emotional turmoil. And yeah. that's. Totally fine and I have to be okay with that because you're like that. Like I can tell you're not someone that likes to just sit around and go, oh, Claire, I need to tell you all about my deep, dark so emotions. Right now. I have so many emotions right now. I have so many feelings. I do have a lot of feelings, I tell you that much. I'm a bloody ocean over here, man, I tell you that much. Um, <laughs> yeah, like is, do you just not really like talking about feelings that much? No, I just don't feel it's like. Interesting. I've not helped. No, yeah, that's probably part of it, but I don't feel the need to like it doesn't help me process stuff always. Probably does actually, but um, yeah, I think I just and this is another thing that you know my parents I think have said to you is that I'd never really like expressed anything. Yeah, just like or tell them anything about he, your life. What is he doing? <laughs> what is this guy up to? What's yeah, he going? what's he up to? I still find that your mum still finds that too. That he like, never tells me anything. Yeah, I tell you things. What are you talking about? No, but it's not conscious. It's not like this is a secret, and I'm not <laughs> going to tell anybody any, except for my job for like five, first five years. But yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. You never told anyone about what you no. were doing. They knew. 
Yeah, they did eventually. Yeah. But, yeah, that is something I've noticed about no, they you. they knew from the start. They, oh, yes, yeah. that's true. They did, as in your parents. Yeah. But, yeah, that is something about you that you often have a lot of stuff going on but you don't talk about it. Mm. Why is that? I think everybody is, like a lot of people like that, aren't they? They're like yeah. thinking about stuff and whatever. You yeah, know? I know, but why? So why though? Why are you like that specifically? I don't know. It's just the, the way I am, I guess. Like I think things through, and then I do a thing, and it might be like, oh, using the right of this, like spontaneously, but like I probably didn't. I probably thought about it for a, for a while, and it's just kind of how I process things. Like I know one of my friends, like get a particularly bad day, and he got home, and he was like, just to decompress, I like took my chair and I put it in front of a wall, and I sat in the chair and I just stared at the wall for an hour. <laughs> I'm like, what? <laughs> what do you mean? What are you thinking about? He's like, I don't know. I was just kind of blank and I just stared at the wall. I'm like, That's some serial killer shit. I don't even know what to say to that. <laughs> like, um, anyway, my point is everybody's different. Everybody processes things differently. Yeah. So how do you process things then? I just think about it and I just kind of go over my head. Also, I, I listen to a lot of stuff. Like I will just have like a head for one ear phone in and I'll just be listening to stuff all day and whatever. Uh, maybe that's also to like stop me to think about stuff as well, you know. Mm. Like stop your f- thoughts racing. Yeah, but it's also good because then often I find like when I when I don't listen to anything, that's when ideas come into your brain because you're not <laughs> listening to anything and yeah. you can think. Completely. Yeah. I think that's some great advice. I do that now. I go for a walk or I go for a run without my phone Yeah, and it's so valuable. And the first 10 minutes you think, I can't possibly do this. What the hell? This is this super is boring. boring. Yeah. But it's amazing how quickly you're – everything starts to rush in and you get absorbed in your own thoughts yeah. and you do start to – things become clearer to you yeah. about what you want to do next um, when we're not just crowding our heads full of just like other people's thoughts and other people talking at us. I say as we record a podcast. <laughs> totally. And if you're listening to this, you should stop and just give yourself a – just have a good look at, look at yourself, man. I'll tell you that much. Yeah, so how are you feeling now that we're out of lockdown? Good. Very good, actually, I think. <laughs> Am I? I don't know. Uh, great. Seeing people again and like freedom and all of those things. And I'm also like annoyed when people message me and they're like, how's communism, whatever. And I'm like, shut up, shut up. And look, I know it was like a lot of it was was overreaching and not ideal and bullshit or whatever, but I'm also grateful that everybody is alive and that's good, you know, mm. and things are picking up again. And I know there will be businesses that don't recover from this and, you know, and a lot to do, I think, as well, but no, good, actually, and safer than what we were mm. before. Do you think you have any lasting sort of memories from it? Like there's something that you'll carry from this time, like in 20 years? Yeah, what probably will you just like the sameness of it, I guess, like a lot of that, you know? Just kind of like I'm a person who spends a lot of time at home anyway, but just the same stuff, you know, again and again. But I also think the stuff I'll carry with us is, uh, with well, I guess us, um, cause we're, we're in the same house. Um, we got to see, I got to, like, our son was home for like a lot of the year and we got to like homeschool him, which is also, you know, difficult, but you didn't, we, we saw him more like he goes for five days of the week, you know? And last year, you know, when he was in kinder, he only did like two or three days. So we got to spend like more time with him. And I feel that's also like a blessing that we got to, we got to see more of that. That's mm. cool, I think. It is and, um, cool. That, but also we had the advantage of like I would work at night, you know, so I could do that. Like if I was working full time, I would have been teaching over Zoom and then, 
you know, or in a bank, I don't know. <laughs> you know? <laughs> and I wouldn't have experienced any of that. It would have been the opposite. It would have been very frustrating, you know? Yeah. And it still, totally. like, it totally still was, but not because of him, you know, because that was the, the situation, you know? Yeah. So with that, I'm, I feel kind of, I'm, I'm happy about that, you know? Mm. And there is part of me that's kind of sad that, you know, that that is going away, but it's also way better for everybody, really. You know, <laughs> he gets to spend time with his friends and learn from, like, an actual teacher and not some <laughs> fucking burnout. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and you see his friends and all that and stuff, you know, that's cool. Yeah. Absolutely. What do you the think? The burnout was you, by the way. Not yeah. Me. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think stopped us from killing each other during this time? Because it's a lot of time to spend yeah. with another person. Like kids aside. I, I think we get a, we get along, which is a big part of it. And you kind of you give me space when like I need to, which I know you don't necessarily love like a lot of the time. <laughs> You know, like it's the end of the day and I'm just like, I'm out and I'll just like go into the studio. I'm just like, I'm not doing anything. I'm just going to the studio and yeah. wow, I'm working really. That's actually something that I've learned over the years and I think when I talk to friends about relationships, this is something that I would say. Mm. I've learned that you don't follow, like it, it depends on obviously who your partner is and what they're like But mm. and this is a stereotype but for you yeah, and I think this does work for a few straight white men, sure. or maybe just straight men, I don't know, that you don't, if someone's mad or or done for the day or just, you know, you let them go into mm. the into their space, wherever that space is, the man cave, one of a leave better word. Leave us alone. Yeah, seriously, <laughs> we, you leave them alone because then what happens is that person, and I think this could just be personality types in yeah. a relationship, like if you've got an introvert and an extrovert like we do in this house, mm. you just leave them alone. Because what happens then is they come and find you. Yeah. But if you follow them into their their own space, into their cave or into their room or into their head, wherever they're going, <laughs> if you just keep following them around, all it does is cause more anger and they start yelling at you. Yeah. yeah. And I think I've learned that you needing space and needing to go is not about me. And Absolutely when we were not, early yeah. in our relationship, I thought it was about me. Yeah. But it's not about me. <laughs> Maybe sometimes it is. But mostly it's not about me. It's about you needing that time yeah. to be left alone. I think also a lot of time introverts use that excuse to be an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm also like you could be kinder, you know what I mean, and yeah. do stuff together. That's okay too because I like hanging out with you. Yeah. You know, we hang out literally every, every day. Every day. But, and that's what I'm saying I think that often – by leaving you to go mm. and ha- and knowing that you've got that space that you have, when I do ask you to come and do something, you definitely will you yeah. want to or you'll just come and find me and we'll do something together yeah. because it's almost like you also have the option of knowing that, that's, mm. that you have that time and space when you need it. Yeah, and I think we're in a unique situation because uh, um, we've got a lot of freedoms that a lot of other people don't have. Um, I'm, not just, I'm not talking about the country, I'm talking about us. Yeah, because of our job and the way that we work, yeah. Yeah, a lot of flexibility, um, which makes a huge difference. So, you know, we're not often working at the same time, you know, and even though we do work for the same thing, you know, we're doing this, uh, you know, we do different things. You know, we're not working on often on the same project at the same time, except for our podcast suggestible, uh, which you can now vote for <laughs> at the Australian Podcasting Awards, which I'm trying to skew. <laughs> Correct. Yeah. Yeah, that you're right, and I do. I think about that a lot every day. How lucky we are to have that flexibility. I like again, like I don't know how, and I, I guess I just would have, 
how because we both would have probably taught and then come home and then you spend time together and there's kids and whatever and then mm. like I, I don't I think we would have how. gone into different fields like I think I might yeah. have gone into consulting or something like that mm. um or lecturing or doing something like that like I would have gone back to uni and done some alternate study because I just couldn't I don't think we you could both be working in a school in a classroom I think classroom yeah. teachers are just complete legends and it's a really really <laughs> no but it's a really difficult job and it's yeah. a wonderful job but it's all consuming and I would find it really hard I'd also be a really different teacher now I think yeah me too I yeah think worse probably definitely <laughs> Uh, on that note, I want to ask you one more question cool. before we finish. Um, what do you think happens when we die? When we die? Mm. What is this? The end of philosophy? Is that they do that in philosophy? Probably. I'm just curious. I want to know. Or is it the end of the Pete Holmes thing? I know. I think it's Pete Holmes because okay. I think philosophy asks for your life philosophy. Oh, that's true. Of course. They ask you for your own personal philosophy on philosophy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, this is boring. I don't know. Who kn- I don't know. And I think it's a, like frustrating to me when people say that they know on any, any spectrum. You know, I'm talking about, I find like atheists really arrogant and annoying where they're like, there's definitely nothing and this is all that matters and whatever. And maybe. And then, but you don't know. I mean, you know, there, there could be like just an infinite blackness and it's like before you were born and then there's nothing and you just, you just don't exist. Or maybe, you know, I know like, like how you said you like the idea that your energy, like, you know, because everything is made up of energy, energy that goes somewhere and for some reason. Uh, but <laughs> you summarize my whole yeah, 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 very yeah. deep uh, philosophical belief. I hate that one, though, because <laughs> it's like the idea of me, uh, like, I, I would love the idea of an afterlife. Incredible. I'd also love the idea of another go, you know? Yeah. That'd be cool. Yeah. Uh, depending what you were doing, actually, it could be really awful. But um, no, that idea that like you, that's like an, your energy goes somewhere. I'm like pointless. Who cares? Because you don't have like your <laughs> consciousness. So who, you know, <laughs> whatever. You know, that's yeah. fine. Yeah, it's my energy shoots off somewhere. Great. You know? <laughs> so you, so you're goes and powers a bicycle. <laughs> <laughs> so you're leaning into the mystery yeah. of it all. And it's, you know, and I know people have had, you know, said they've had experiences and they have faith and whatever or they've died on the operating table and there was nothing and all of those things and people have seen ghosts or whatever and say they have, you know. I'm not, that's not to discredit any of that and what anybody thinks, um, um, but I, I, for me the answer is I don't, I don't know. And I still don't think anybody knows, you know. Oh, no, no one knows for sure, yeah. right. That's the mystery of it mm. all. I just have to wait and see, James. Yeah. It kind of, I've kind of let it go as well in terms of like what happens because it's kind of infuriating, you know, to be like, well, if there's nothing, I want to know that. I want to be prepared if there's nothing, you know. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, you can't. But that's life though, right? Yeah. You have to just let go sometimes, mm. I think. What would be your number one advice um, talking to our kids who are going to be grown-ups one day? Mm. What would you be a, your advice to them for just surviving life? Just getting getting through. Getting through. Uh, there's this there's this quote from uh, the movie Cinderella, the reboot from 2015, the live action movie. reboot. It's the best live action reboot remake that Disney have ever made. And uh, as Cinderella's mother is dying, played by Hayley Atwell, who later became uh, Captain Britain, her own version <laughs> of Captain America. Uh, it's about um, what is it? Courage, I can't remember the exact quote, but it's like a combination of like courage and kindness. 
And I think that's like that's kind of at the core. I think that's a really great philosophy, you know, take chances, be brave, but you don't have to be an asshole in doing so. Um, and I don't always, you know, get that right. I can be quite mean and rude to people, um, <laughs> often online. I try not to, but I sometimes I can't help myself. And, yeah, I think that's great. I think that's really, really cool. Because courage can also mean it's not necessarily like blind bravery. It's like trying something, you know what I mean? It's putting in the effort of something, backing yourself, you know, to to achieve something, you know. It's not just step into a bar fight or whatever. You know what, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I know. It exactly can, it can mean about. anything, you know. Yeah. No, yeah. I love that too. I know. I often think about that Patton Oswald quote. It's chaos, be kind. Totally. And I think that that is such a way of describing life, right, that at the end of the day it's going to take balls <laughs> or yeah. ovaries. It's going to take courage. Yeah. But you have to, because it is kind of chaos mm. and anything can happen. Yep. You know, a pandemic can hit. But if you're if you're kind while you're going through it and you're also brave, then mm. you can face it. And also bravery means, and I think this is important, it's not like you that you are afraid. You know, and you do it anyway. I think that's because otherwise you're not being brave if you're just doing a thing that, you know. That you're not scared. That you're confident of, that, yeah. that you can Yeah, exactly. Know. I say that to our son and our daughter all the time. Yeah. Yeah, and I think Brene Brown talks about that too, that, yeah, it's about being scared and doing it anyway mm. and challenging yourself and yeah. stepping outside. And look, if I'm honest, way. I probably do need to challenge myself like more in the area of the things that I do. I just do not have the apps, the, like the brain capacity at the moment to do, yeah. to take on stuff, to, to, you know, to do that. To make but you will. Yeah, maybe. I don't and know. I think it's – Also, this is fine. I'm happy with this. <laughs> I also think, though, for parents of little kids, and we were saying we just went away over the weekend mm. to get that, which is just it was the a first time in like two years. It was amazing. And we were talking about how when your parents are re- your kids are really little, so you're a parent of like little, little kids, you do need to take, because it's so physically demanding, and I know yeah. that there are massive demands for teenagers, as you know, when you have teenagers too, mm. but I think it's so physically demanding when they're little you can't run it more than about 40%. No. And so, and because we've made the choice that we want to be around a lot with yeah. our kids and everyone makes different choices um, for their family. But for us, we're lucky enough to be able to make that choice. Yeah. But it means that we're both having to maybe not do all the things we would want to be doing yet mm. in our careers. But that doesn't mean that that isn't in our future. It just means that for now we're, <laughs> we're in a bit of a, you know, holding pattern. Absolutely. But in also I'm very happy doing, honestly, like the things that I'm Yeah, me doing, too. You know, yeah, exactly. It's, it's fun. Yeah, and that's the thing right at the end of the day. Absolutely. All right. Thank you so much. Thank you. Also, thank you. keep fit if you can. There's another thing, I guess. I was going to ask you about exercise. I feel like you say that all the time. Ah, it's fine. You're gonna... But it is. But that's genuinely a massive thing, right? Yeah. But, again, it's a luxury that, like, we have because I can go to the gym at, like, 10 o'clock in the morning. Yeah. You know? And I don't have to do it on my lunch break or not at all. I just think move your body. Yeah. And I and I think in whatever situation that is, if that's at a gym, if that's you going for a walk, mm. if, that, if that's climbing the stairs at work or whatever it is, yeah. I think that moving your body, it just – there isn't much in my life that isn't helped or alleviated a little by um, See that, right? Your body. It's a tiny bubble. Yeah. Super tiny. It's like half a millimetre. I don't know. One of us may be spattered into the air. <laughs> Now it's just floating. That's weird. <laughs> anyway, sorry. 
<laughs> See, it's chaos. It it's is. chaos. Be kind, James. You never There's know. a spider in it. No. <laughs> There's an alien, tiny yeah. alien. Anyway, I just think doesn't mean it'll fix everything, but I don't think there has been a problem I've had in my life that hasn't at least felt a little bit easier if mm. I've moved my body. Yeah. Gone for a walk, put on some music, done some dancing, I don't know, gone to the gym, mm. gone for a swim, whatever it is. Don't you, don't you think? I completely agree. Yeah. Even though I don't want to do it. Yeah, <laughs> ever. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> All right. Thank you so much. Thank you. So your family group chat is just going off while we're doing Everyone this. Everyone sees. Good yeah. Lord. We're all just going to mute. Do, I hope they hear this. Spend my whole life. No, just mute it for I'm going to spend half my life replying to people on WhatsApp. You're not wrong. Anyway. Okay. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. And congratulations welcome, on a James wonderful Clement. season. There's some terrific episodes. I still haven't listened to the, the deep episode. Oh, not, Sandeep Varma. Sandeep, yeah, well, that's, that's so great. He's he's amazing. Yeah, he's, a, he's a guy that we both know as a um, good friend from a long awesome. time ago. Yeah. And yeah, and he's he's he talks about how um, being a man and particularly being a South Asian man, yeah. and he, the cultural expectations on him, and about running his um, startup Sari Collective, which yeah. is also really amazing. And he talks about writing and creativity and karma and, yeah. There's so, so many good. good episodes that people could check out in the back catalogue. Thank you very much. All right. Excellent. Okay, that's it. Go on. Thanks for having me. Thanks for, <laughs> for just going, fine, come on, jeez. <laughs> no. Right, let's do this. Thank you very much. And this has been a stressful podcast. No, it hasn't been. 20, 20. Oh, yeah, it's not. <laughs> no, it's, a, it's not. That's the podcast is a podcast we do together. It yes. comes out every Thursday. It's much meaner. It's much meaner. <laughs> we yell a lot and it's just recommendations for what to watch, read and listen to. On this show you have heard Claire Tonti and the wonderful James Clement who mm-hmm. is also Mr. Sunday Movies and you can find Mr. Sunday Movies at his YouTube channel, Mr. Sunday Movies yep. or on the Weekly Planet, um, his podcast with Nicholas Mason mm-hmm. where they talk comics and movies and TV shows. That's right. And um, it oh. comes out on the weekends. And, yeah, you can find comes more out on from Monday, me. But yeah. Yeah, well, you know, Mondays, I know. And um, for more from me, you can go to claire20.com where I have a newsletter you can sign up for and suggestible podcasts as well as taunts. And there's a whole lot of uh, episodes you can scroll back in the feed and listen to as you suggested. As always, thank you so much to Raw Collings for editing this week's episode. And uh, I'll see you on the flip side for season two of taunts. That's very exciting. No. 2022. Who knew? 2020 doesn't even sound like a real year. I know. 2022. <laughs> Ridiculous. Ridiculous. I yeah. know. Okay. Bye. Bye. We're handshaking. We're handshaking. Over the recording <laughs> machine. up what was that boring no flavor that was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week kiki palmer here and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free hello fresh jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi now that's music to my mouth hello fresh let's get this dinner party started discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. 
I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.